Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web 3.0. Today, I'll be joined by Jeff Kaufman, and we're going to explore how to use NFTs to build your very own social community. Dare I say, even using NFTs as if they are a social platform. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, and if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Jeff Kaufman. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Jeff Kaufman. If you don't know who he is, you need to know who he is. He's founder of Parachute, a business that helps brands build Web3 solutions. He also founded Jump, a Discord community for marketers wanting to leverage NFTs and DAOs. And his podcast is called Jump Into Web3. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Jeff, what we're going to talk about today is how to explore how and why NFTs are like creating your very own social network. I'm super excited to talk through this because I believe that there's a lot of people out there that are from the social media marketing world, like you used to be part of, and obviously I'm part of, and they're trying to wrap their head around how do we use NFTs and is there a social component to it? Jeff, before we get into all the awesomeness that we're going to talk about today, I want to hear your story. How did you get into crypto? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's been a long journey and it started back in probably 2005. So one thing that I think is super important about crypto, Web3, all of these buzz terms is that in the early 2000s, a lot of the sentiment, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the promise of the internet, it actually felt similar to the conversation and the sentiment that we have around Web3 and DAOs right now. So my first sort of entry into these ideas, which was before crypto and Web3 really took off, was 2005 on a little old social media website called MySpace, where I started a MySpace page for a local skydiving drop zone. And that is how I started and sort of got into the world of building online communities. I spent then 15 years in Web2 and social, and something happened along that journey, which was all of the promise of remove the intermediaries, remove the middlemen, build true online communities, allow people to connect all over the world around the passions that they care about. All of that got replaced by big walled gardens and algorithmic news feeds that tried to predict all of the things, but you can't replace that human connection. And so as I spent the last 15 years building and working in, in Web2, I was always roughly aware in sort of the exterior of Bitcoin and crypto and Ethereum. Uh, but as a marketer and as a brand builder, it didn't quite feel like a, a space I could play in, but I was fascinated with the culture. Who are these people that just were so passionate about these ideas. And then around 2020, I came across the term NFTs and social tokens, and we'll talk a lot about NFTs today. But when I came across those terms in early 2020, I finally, the light bulb finally went off that 
the internet's about to hit a new phase and it's about to be reborn and the culture side and the community side and the creative side of crypto is coming to the internet. I would imagine it must've been around the pandemic when you probably started getting into NFTs. So I want to hear a little bit more of your story because there's obviously a lot more. Tell us about how you eventually decided to build this community and all this stuff. Tell us that whole story. One thing I will start with is my journey into NFTs and Web3 did not start with Web3 and NFTs and all of those terms. I really started with an open mind of what's next and what's going to be the absolute most disruptive thing that I could possibly find. And the reason I, I think it's really important why I had those thoughts. It wasn't because I want to chase the next big thing. I was pretty unhappy with where the big social platforms had landed. It really felt like you know, we use the term rug pull in crypto all the time. It feels like Facebook gave us the biggest rug pull of all time when they said, come build all your big communities on our platform and speak with them. And then organic reach just plummeted over the course of a decade. And then CPMs went through the roof and now we're paying. What? biggest rug pull. So I was very, very frustrated with the lack of innovation, the lack of creativity, and I just couldn't see myself playing that game anymore. So I wanted to find what was next in consumer and media and online community building. So I did something pretty nerdy. If you're not familiar with Andreessen Horowitz, which is one of the leading VCs in the crypto space, there's a little link on their website. This just kind of tells you the rabbit holes that I go down. There's a little link on their website in the footer. If you go to that link, you'll find, at least at the time, every investment they'd ever made. And I looked at every investment they had ever made. And somehow through the, that search, I came across these new terms of social tokens and NFTs. And then I did something that a lot of us Web2 social marketers are very familiar with. I used social listening tools to go scrape Twitter and discover the content, discover the, the influencers, discover the ideas and dig deeper into what this conversation was around NFTs and social tokens. And it was absolutely fascinating. And so that was early 2020 when I came across that and I started diving into the conversation and the people that were talking about this stuff. And keep in mind, now we are using these terms all of the time. The conversation around, let's just say, NFTs was almost non-existent, right? You, you kind of heard a little chatter around CryptoKitties. NBA Top Shot hadn't even launched yet. Wow. Just to give some perspective of how fast the space moves. And so at the time, it was just massively theoretical in terms of how this stuff could be applied. But that theory, it broke down. It was the, the one conversation that could compete with what Facebook had built, right? It's like, I was looking for the thing to replace web two social and the things that I was frustrated with. And so when I came across NFTs and really started to understand the theory behind it and what could be done with them, that's what got me so excited because it scratched that itch I was trying to, trying to dig into. So real quickly, kind of just bring us up to the present. You've got a discord community. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there. When you go down the rabbit hole, one of the first things that you want to do, well, you'll often find yourself listening to podcasts like this, which are absolutely fantastic. I learned a ton. And then you'll want to take the next step further and you'll want to start talking to people and you really want to dig deep into these conversations because it's really hard to find all of the good information on this stuff. And so when I looked around, 
where are the people that come from an agency background? Where are the people that have worked in brands? Where are they talking about this stuff? They, there was no home for that. That's why I decided to start the Jump community because one of the things that I did in uh, 2020 was I put together a trends presentation like any good agency digital strategist type person does. And I presented it to all my peers talking about all of this stuff. And everybody said three things. This is super cool. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I have no idea what to do next. Please help. And so when you hear that over and over and over, finally, the light bulb goes off and you say, oh, my own network is actually asking for a community and a place to learn. And I want that too. So let's go build that. And let's all jump into Web3 together. And let's call it jump. Well, I love the connection because obviously you got the skydiving background, which obviously makes the whole connection to the jump thing. How many uh, marketers are inside your Discord community today? So we've got just over 2,000 and that has grown massively, very organically from a, what started actually as a 30-person Zoom call last May. So May 2021, we, we all hopped on a Zoom call. I presented a trends presentation and then we've grown organically from there. Morning Brew recently called us the best community for marketers to learn about Web3. Yeah. And I discovered you through that, which led us to here. And it's a fascinating story. And you've known of Social Media Examiner because you used to be in the social space. So we'll tell everybody a little bit later how they can get into your community. I want to transition now because there's lots of marketers listening to this either as it comes out or in the future, you know, listening to this in the, this past episode, because people are going to binge into this. We know how this is going to work. Why should businesses consider an NFT? Because right now it doesn't appear as if a lot of businesses are getting into NFTs. Why don't you make the case? Because I know you've been looking at this for a while. What do you want to say to entrepreneurs or marketers that are working inside of businesses right now, why they ought to consider something like this? The short answer is NFTs finally give businesses, which I also call businesses creators. And there's a lot of chatter about the creator economy and creators at large, but businesses are a form of creators themselves. What NFTs do is it allows a direct connection, almost, almost the most direct connection you can have with your audience, your customer base, your fan base, your members, whatever you want to call them. It allows businesses to have the most direct relationship they can possibly have. And then there's a supercharge aspect to that, which is NFTs help capture the value that brands and their customers create together. What is a brand without its customers, right? And what do the customers have without the brand? There's this relationship here that we've never been able to unlock the economic value of that relationship. And NFTs actually do that, which is kind of mind-blowing. One of the things that we have to recognize about new technology is new technology is only, only disruptive if it's unlocking value that we didn't have access to before. So Go back in history. The easiest example is probably just the technology that we needed to dig for oil and then to unlock the power of oil. For thousands of years, oil was worth nothing to anyone, right? 
until we had the technology to actually unlock it. And so NFTs, two things, they create that direct relationship and then they allow a business and its customer base to unlock the value of that relationship and share in the upside of it together. You and I also talked about words like sales and experience and equity, right? So not only can NFTs generate revenue for the business, they can unlock experiences for the business, but they can also give ownership in some sort of a thing for the business, right? Do we need to talk about any of those at all? Yeah, absolutely. A term might be UGC and all of us old school marketers are probably when we hear that, we say user-generated capital. Or user ge- content. Yeah. User-generated content. I jumped to the punchline before I got there. Yeah. User-generated content. So the new UGC is u- user-generated capital. And what that means is if a brand launches an NFT collection, And that brand identifies the individuals who hold that collection and says, you know what, we're going to add a lot of value to this, to the individuals that hold this, but we're going to do it in a way that's very collaborative and a two-way street. And so those holders, if you will, or hodlers, as we say in in crypto, if they're able to participate in a very autonomous fashion with the brand or the creator, then user-generated capital is unlocked, meaning the value of being in that community actually gets represented in the price of those NFTs. And right, so that's where it's kind of scary to think about that our social clubs and our social connections can be financialized. That's a different kind of rabbit hole to go down to. But we've always known that being in certain communities and being a part of certain social clubs can have value based off of the connections, the content, the access, the tools. And so businesses are able to unlock that value because there's a liquid market around those NFTs and being able to sell access or sell the ownership of that access to that community or whatever that brand does for those NFT holders. And so the market basically discovers the price and the brand and their customers unlock the the social capital behind it. You know, I've done a lot of interviews on this show. And one of the things that I'm beginning to understand, which I think many businesses might find valuable, is that normally when we develop a product or a service, it's got a, uh, if it's a service, it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. If it's a product, it's something you receive and you might use and then be done with it, like a conference experience. But what's unique about NFTs is the possibility that the value can go up or the value can go down, right? So what I'm seeing is that a lot of people are treating non-fungible tokens, consumers are, as investment opportunities. And that isn't how we think about things normally when we buy. Like if we buy a car, generally speaking, it's a depreciating asset, right? The moment we drive it off the lot, it's not worth as much as it is unless it's a very special exclusive car, right? And that's the way it is when we buy lunch at our favorite restaurant, it's consumed and it's done, right? So in this particular case, NFTs can have utilitarian value that unlocks things downstream and therefore people want to hold them, they want to trade them and the value goes up. And because there is this secondary market aspect to NFTs, the business can benefit from the resale of the NFT. You can't benefit from the resale of the car. It's completely beyond your control, right? So it opens up new business models. It also creates raving fans who 
if the value of the NFTs go up, they're going to hold them, like you said, and they're going to be proud and they're going to share. And it also unlocks marketing. So many of these people that buy into these collections, if you will, let everyone else know how excited they are about the collection because they love it, but also because they want the value to go up. It unlocks natural organic marketing, right? So it's just fascinating. I want to talk about the social side of it because you kind of talked earlier about how you felt like the rug pull. And for those that don't understand what rug pull is, you can imagine standing on a rug and having it pulled out from underneath you, right? So that's the concept, right? Rug pull in the crypto world means that uh, someone essentially took the money and ran, right? And they didn't deliver on the promise. And you could argue that's happened with social a little bit, right? A lot bit actually from the organic side of things. So you were in that social world. Now you're in the web three world. So talk to us about how in the world an NFT can kind of substitute or maybe fulfill some of the original promises of social. You know, what are your thoughts on that? First, I'll say one of the lines, one of the mental models that I've developed after being in the space full-time for a year and being deep in it for two years is NFTs are a lot of things. And so it's not fair to pin them in one under one definition. But one thing that NFTs certainly are is a social graph. And what is a social graph? It's a data layer. It's the data points of people connected. So, Michael, if you and I are both fans of generative art and we both collect an art piece from an artist, we are connected on that artist's social graph. And we're connected because all of these NFTs sit on a ledger, which is basically a database. And so when we think of Ethereum, Ethereum is one of the things it is, is an open database. And all of these NFTs sit on these databases. And if these NFTs represent some sort of cultural value, some sort or, or represent some sort of cultural access or social access, then the people that hold them represent the social graph. And what's the reason that's a hard concept right now is because it's really hard to unlock the communication layer of people who hold those NFTs. So again, if using the generative art example, if you and I hold the same uh, NFT, how do we know we hold the same NFT? How do we have a conversation, both being fans of this artist and maybe a very specific collection, How can we have that conversation? So the best example of how that's being brought to life today is through these token gated discord communities where individuals who hold an NFT can go connect their wallet to a discord. A bot will read their wallet to ensure that they have the right NFT in their wallet, and then it will allow them access. And then boom, instantly that social graph just came to life and people are connected. And so if you're diving down the rabbit hole of crypto and Web3 and NFTs, you'll probably hear about these projects that are designed to go create the social media blockchain. And there's a lot of blockchains that are attempting to to sort of create whatever that next decentralized social network is. My argument is the decentralized social network is here and it's on Ethereum. And one of the big One signal of massive disruption is when one entity, one new product or company, we'll say Ethereum's a new type of company that we've never seen. Some people call it a digital nation. There's lots of descriptions. But when these new things come along like Ethereum, they 
gobble up entirely old industries. And I think Ethereum is gobbling up the entire social media category and it's featurizing it. We have examples of this. Amazon gobbled up when they introduced Prime and two-day shipping and exploded that, they gobbled up an entire industry called shipping and they turned it into a feature of the Prime membership. They gobbled up an entire cable industry and they made it a feature of the bigger machine. So I actually think that social media is being gobbled up by Ethereum and potentially other blockchains, and it's simply a feature. And if that's true, then the social network is already here. And guess what? Anybody can build their social graph. Any business, any creator can start mapping out their social graph. And what we'll see over the next coming years is the technology, the UX, the user experience, and the UI layer to unlock that social graph and to bring people together. Okay, this is kind of an interesting concept. So there are, right now, Discord community seems to be the main place where a lot of this activity is happening. The good news for those of us that don't like Discord because it is a little, to be honest with you, feels a step backwards, you know? Because really all it is is like a chat room, right? I mean, with a bunch of rooms in it and it's not very organized. The good news is there are a lot of new technologies. Some of these people I'm going to be getting on my show in the future. There are people that are essentially creating versions of Reddit and versions of all these other things. But the concept is the same. You use your wallet ID, your crypto wallet. You know, you connect your wallet to this technology. It checks to make sure that the NFT or NFTs are in your wallet, and then it lets you in. So at a conceptual level, that's really what's going on here is that the NFT is the pass phrase or whatever to get through the secret door, right? And once you get in, then you can become part of the community. And, you know, from a social perspective, I think a lot of people are having a difficult time wrapping their head around like, how is that the same as social? You know what I mean? Because like right now with social, we think of Facebook as the behemoth or we think of Instagram or we think of TikTok. So when you say create your own social, if you will, with NFTs, like what practically does that really mean today? Practically, the the way you have to execute it is you have to use Discord. And like you said, Discord is not the best UX and, and UI layer. So it's, it's not necessarily going to be a great fit for all types of communities. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't start putting NFTs into the hands of your customers and start to create, go down that path. The key point that you mentioned that I want to sort of double down on is the new internet, the decentralized internet, username and password is going to become less and less common. So you don't need a bunch of passwords to log in. And so what does that mean? Why don't you? Because all your information is stored in your wallet. So we are getting this sort of one-click, unlock, move into a, a DAP, and then instantly be connected with other people in your social graph based off of the NFTs that they hold. And if those new DAPs and those new websites have chat functionality, social sharing functionality, they can surface all of this content and essentially, they're only responsible for the UX layer, right? Because Ethereum is handling the database. So it's almost like if Facebook truly said, there's no more centralized Facebook, but the data, everybody's individual profile, 
anyone, any business, any entrepreneur can build an experience on top of the Facebook database. And then everybody's free to move in and out of those experiences and be connected with, with their communities. And so how that is very different than the Web2 world is, uh, and this is another sort of soundbite that I think is a helpful mental model. In Web2, we built communities on platforms. In Web3, communities are the platform. Meaning once you've built a robust community that all shares a, a token, then you can build any experiential layer on top of that that they can access. I think that's really important. And for those that are struggling with digital wallets, if you're an iPhone user and you have the wallet app from Apple, you kind of understand what it's like to have your ticket to your movie or your plane ticket in the app, right? In the wallet app, right? All you got to do is open up the wallet app and show the QR code to the security dude and you get through, right? It's the same concept metaphorically, right? Same concept metaphorically. You'll have a digital wallet that will contain all the things that are important to you which in this case would be NFTs. And the NFTs are not any different than kind of metaphorically the barcode you show for your flight ticket as you go through your, your security checkpoint, right? The technology on which you build this, today it's Discord, tomorrow it might be something completely different. It kind of doesn't matter, right? Because you could technically port your community from one platform to another platform because the key to the whole thing is the NFT. And this is the other part of it. Today, Jeff owns the NFT and tomorrow he sells it to me. I own the NFT. Guess what? Jeff's no longer a member of that community anymore. Now I am, right? And you as the owner of the community don't need to worry about that. There isn't a form you have to fill out to transfer membership. It's just all handled by the chain, right? Which I think is absolutely fascinating. So this means now in the future, we're just simply going to show that we have whatever we purchase, which is the NFT and the business models are plentiful. Now, I want to talk about like, if we are going to create NFTs for our business, you know, what are the things we need to be thinking about? Because I know you and I talked about some things that we really need to ponder if we're going to do something like this. One thing is to recognize the business model of an NFT first, which is there's two opportunities for the business itself to capture value. Um, and if it captures value and uses those resources appropriately and in the right ways, um, then it can transfer some value back to its community as well as continue to capture value long-term. So the first way that a business captures value is when they sell the initial NFT. So number one, there's a capital inflow into your treasury, which is a, a wallet, because that's where the funds are going to go. Um, so every business needs to, to needs to have a, a wallet. And so understanding that there's an inflow of capital from the first sale. Then there's the royalties. Every time an NFT is sold on the secondary market, similar to how goods might be sold on eBay, in this case, OpenSea is the largest aggregator. There's then that sort of value capture from the royalty. And so the business model here is, we bring in capital from the first sale, then we use those resources to provide a ton of value to everybody who holds those NFTs. Here's what's gonna happen. Some people in the community are gonna go, it's more valuable to me to sell. And some people are gonna go, I like what's going on here and it's more valuable for me to keep this NFT. Or third option, some people will buy multiple NFTs with the hope that they're gonna keep one and sell the other right? Which is very common. 
Absolutely. And so what happens is there's this natural sort of market supply and demand around what you're providing to those NFT holders. If you're providing a lot of value to those NFT holders, as people who hold the NFTs start to make those decisions, the market price for the NFTs will increase if you're providing a lot of value. Therefore, your royalty increases. And so what you're trying to do is not sell new stuff all of the time, you're trying to pack more and more and more value behind that NFT to make it more and more valuable such that each time it's sold, it sells at a higher price, generating a higher royalty while allowing the customer base to benefit from holding it. And I think the key to a lot of this is the community, right? So there are NFT projects that have communities and there are NFT projects that probably don't have communities. And talk to me a little bit about the community side of things, because again, you know, the community also could get very excited about some of these NFTs. Some of them will even make their profile picture into the NFTs if they're super proud of it, right? So what do we need to be thinking about the community side of it? Because again, you start to think social side, community. I mean, this seems to be an, a ninja opportunity. I use the word ninja, but like like this is the key, not just to provide utility, but also to develop a really thriving community, no? Yeah, absolutely. So another soundbite, communities launch tokens, communities launch NFTs, NFTs do not launch a community. And so I, every business should first start with, do I have a community? Are people here for the right reasons? Or are they here just to get an NFT and flip it and sell it? Because if you don't have a community, there's no one there that cares about the value that you add to the NFT holders. So then what happens if you launch an NFT without a community? Well, you got to go find all the people that will buy the NFT and house it. So that's just a really tricky thing. So the first step that I would encourage every single business that wants to go down this path is to actually form a community and execute a community strategy without an NFT. And if you can launch a community and a community will grow organically without an NFT, then you've created the value. You'll sort of throw gasoline on on that community when you put the NFT on top of it. So first and foremost, start with community. Okay. I want to talk about this a little bit because a lot of my audience is going to be like, well, where do I build community right now? It's on the social platforms, right? So is it okay to start with a Facebook community? What are your thoughts on this? Absolutely. Okay. To start with a Facebook community. Absolutely. Okay. To really anywhere that you can, you can build community. You should. So you just have to think about what does community mean for your business and for your brand. And then you have to understand How do you deliver the value that you're going to create for those NFT holders? In some sense, that's Discord, but you can have token-gated websites. So if your brand is better at delivering value just from a website, then you can token-gate an entire website. You can token-gate certain articles. You can can token-gate any URL. You can token-gate a Zoom call. You just have to imagine that there's all sorts of ways to to token gate digital experiences. But one thing that is coming really fast is token gated in real life experiences. You talked about the Apple wallet. There are already crypto NFT projects. Jump will be doing this as well, which is 
that NFT represents ownership, but then a Apple card can be generated in your Apple wallet to represent ownership, right? The card in your Apple wallet isn't the NFT itself. It's almost like a web two representation of the NFT. But once that card is in your Apple wallet, you could show up at a concert, you could show up at an event, and you could show that card, just like you show your your airline ticket and it gets scanned with a QR code, you can show up at an in real life event. So I expect concert tickets to be sold as NFTs and held on held within Apple wallets in the future. Oh, so Apple's actually opening up some interfaces to allow you to somehow show your NFT inside your Apple wallet. Is that coming? Is that what I'm hearing you say? So this is just tech that already exists. The first brand to do it, it's it's a brand called Pool Suite. One word, Pool Suite. And so their NFT is live on OpenSea. You can buy it. You can go to the Pool Suite website, connect your wallet. And then you can import the pool suite card into your Apple wallet, which will then have a QR code on it, which is probably going to get you into IRL experiences in real life experiences down the line. And so the tech is just there. It's just, we're just now seeing the creativity of uh, technologists connecting the dots between this stuff. Is there a Google wallet equivalent to Apple for all those Android users that are out there? Are you aware of such a thing? I'm not aware if that's possible, but my gut says that Android is considered more of an open platform than iOS. So I would be shocked if it couldn't be executed there as well. Yeah. And I would imagine there's probably a way to get it delivered via text message or something like that. And whole, I don't know, who knows, but fascinating. Back to the community side of things, specifically with Discord, because I know this is an area where you've got a lot of experience and you've developed, a, like you mentioned, a 2000 person community. Talk a little bit about roles and responsibilities and what we need to be thinking about, because this isn't just like creating a Facebook group and just expecting everybody to just go in and like actually figure out what in the world to do, right? Like, just like with Facebook groups, if you don't properly manage them, they can kind of fall apart. So do the owners of NFTs typically take on special roles and responsibilities inside of Discord groups, or how does that work exactly? The creators of NFT projects typically find the most success if they create this space where they can engage directly with their fans or their customers. It's extremely important, especially in the early stages. The more mature a project is, the more that a community gels together, the less the creator needs to get involved and be in the center. And so I would advise anyone that's that's launching a Discord community that the reason a lot of people are there and the reason they'll, they'll stick is because the creator or the founder is a part of the community and they're present and people have never had that type of access. But from there, the creator and the founders and the owners of the businesses, the, the challenge from there or the opportunity is how do you empower the community members that are really leaning in? And this is where Web3 turned and NFTs turned things on its head. In Web2, when we built a large Facebook community, there was no sense of ownership. But once an NFT is created and once individuals hold that NFT and they are now owners in the community, amazing things start to happen. And this is when Discord starts to feel really good is when there's hundreds or thousands of people that have a sense of ownership and a sense of pride 
and they self-moderate and they self-manage. Uh, but it's a lot of work to get it going. It's a lot of creativity to get it going. You'll see that transition start to happen in real time. And you'll see people step up in a Web3 community like you've never seen them step up in a Web2 community. Not that we don't have great examples of leaders in Web2 communities. Reddit was fundamentally built off of, of great leaders, but that took a lot of time and it took a lot of work. And we're seeing that happen hundreds of times a day across thousands of communities because of the, the ownership layer that NFTs provide. What are some practical things that listeners who want to start an NFT project for their business can do now? Because obviously the last thing anybody wants to do is not be successful with their project, right? There's probably a, a couple of things we ought to be looking at or exploring. Where should we go to kind of see how these things actually work? I would say, let's, let's use the word drumbeat. What's the drumbeat in your community? What's the thing that is just sort of this constant where everybody can kind of rally around. So we'll use Jump as an example. We have a Thursday member roundtable where every Thursday for the last eight months we get together and we hear someone share their story. And it's the drumbeat or the heartbeat of the community. And everybody knows at 2 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday, everyone in the community is going to be there and they're going to show up and we're going to chat. And we've layered on other heartbeats or other drumbeats into our community. And so um, that, that's, that's the first tactical thing that I, I would start to, start to encourage. The other is, how do you humanize the experience? Meaning Discord can feel a bit you know, not very human. There's a bunch of weird names and you don't know who people are and there's all this stuff going on. It's very text-based. It's not visual. And so how do you humanize the experience? So can you layer on Zoom phone calls? Can you create IRL in real life experiences? Podcast content is actually a great way to humanize a brand and a community. And then from there, make sure to really sort of test your ideas of what utility and what benefits you think the NFT holders will want and need so that when you do start to provide those benefits, people latch on to them. And those benefits could be so many different things because there's so many businesses and verticals out there. Understanding what those benefits and that utility and that value will be and sort of testing that. And again, you can test this utility and this value without an NFT to see if it see if you're getting a little traction with it. And then from there, proceed. Just know when you launch an NFT onto a blockchain, that creative asset is done. It's permanent. So think really hard about uh, what that creative asset is going to be. I'll just use jump as an example. Our tagline is jump into web three. We're not going to put jump into web three on the NFT because you can imagine in 10 years, what if we had been a web two group and we said jump into web two in 2010 and now we're in 2022, that into web two part doesn't sound as fun. So strategically, that's a great move for, for us to, to not include that in, in our creative asset. And so you really want to think about, you know, this is not a campaign. Marketers and business people think a lot in terms of campaigns and seasonality. This is an asset that's going to live forever, that's going to represent a part of your brand's history. And imagine 10 years from now looking at whatever NFT that you create 
imagine what that says. Imagine the story that it leads up to 10 years later and try to map back what that looks like. And then if you do that well, I think you'll have a good creative asset that will resonate for a long time and hopefully build into a longer narrative that unfolds over the course of five, 10, several decades. Tell everyone, first of all, what your plans are with your NFT, because I believe you're planning to launch something here soon, right? And also where they can join your community and how they can join your community, if you wouldn't mind. As far as Jumps NFT, depending on when this gets published and put out into the world, we may or may not have an NFT live. But at some point, the Jump community needs a token that's been the promise from day one as a community of, of marketers and brand builders. We want to explore Web3 and experience it ourselves before we go build the, the consumer facing experiences. And so in order for us to experience Web3 as a community ourselves, we have to have a token. So when the timing is right for that token and that NFT, we will roll that out to the community. And I'm very much practicing what I preach about start with community, start with those the right reasons. And then when the community is strong and you've got the right foundation, then layer on the NFT. As far as learning more about Jump, joinjump.community. That is our URL and domain name. We, we ask that everybody fill out an application to request access to the community. Usually takes one to two weeks, but we're very thoughtful and very intentional in terms of building our community. So we do have that application process. And as of today, it's a free community. There isn't any requirement to purchase anything to get into that community as of this recording. Absolutely. And there will always be elements of the community that are free. We do believe that Jump can have aspects of the community that are accessible by anybody that wants to learn about the intersection of, of crypto and then Web3. And then those that choose to lean in harder through participation or owning an NFT or anything like that, there's sort of layers of the community that will be unlocked for those individuals. Tell everybody that URL again. And also, folks, he has a great newsletter, which I think is part of the benefits of the community that you send out, which is a nice amalgamation of news that's going on, NFT-related news with businesses and brands. So tell where to go to sign up again, and then also let them know uh, where to follow you on the socials. Absolutely. So that URL is joinjump.community. And then I'm at Jeff Kaufman Jr. on Twitter. All right, Jeff. Kaufman, thank you so much for answering all my questions. And folks, I really do encourage you to go check out joinjump.community because there are a lot of marketers in there. It's the biggest community that I've ever seen that's just dedicated to marketers. And there's some great stuff that he's doing with bringing people on and having like weekly chats with experts and stuff that are inside the community. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to be hearing a lot more from Jeff downstream. Jeff, thanks again for coming on. Michael, this has been great. Can't wait to talk about more of this stuff in the future. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C15. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us and let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. MA Web 3.0 continue to change your world. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. 
do your own research. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.